For the word of God, prepare your heart, prepare your mind, prepare your spirit, remove all distractions, set your mind in this place. It's time for God's word. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you, Father God, that we are here together on this special day, on this special occasion. God, we thank you for our lives. We thank you for the lives of our mothers. God, we invite you to be here in our midst. We invite you to be here in this space. God, we want to hear from you this afternoon. Speak through me, Father God. Have your way, Jesus, this afternoon. Let us walk away, Lord, filled, able to take whatever it is, oh God, you want us to learn and apply it to our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 How many of you guys love your mom? Do we all love our mom? Some of you guys didn't wish me Happy Mother's Day. Okay, so I'm not a mom yet. I'm not a mom. I'm not a mom at all. Period. I'm not a mom at all. There's nothing, nothing boiling, nothing in the oven, nothing. I'm not a mom, but I do have a fur baby, so sometimes I have a dog. So sometimes it feels like I'm a mom. Amen. Amen, guys. Today's Mother's Day, and, you know, I thought it would be really important for us to, you know, not only just appreciate our mothers and show love to our mothers for all of the things that they do for us and the gifts that they are to us, but, you know, I thought that in being able to speak on Mother's Day, we could kind of discuss something that I think God uses our mothers to teach us, okay? Because motherhood is a job in and of itself, all right? And unfortunately for the fellas, like, you guys will just never understand, okay? God has put you guys in your own, like, realm, your own space. And so you, you guys, it, it won't hit the same. But we can all learn something about motherhood. And I believe that God, in just his infinite wisdom and his infinite glory finds a way to teach us things about certain aspects of life if we really open our eyes and open our hearts and open our spirits to receiving it. Amen? Amen. So today I just want to talk about the process. That's it. Like all I want to do today is talk to you guys about the process. And the process could be anything. It could pertain to anything. But, but primarily I want you guys to understand the process that God is walking you through in your own life, okay? Because if you know anything about God, you know that God can be really simple, but then at the same time, God can be really complicated, right? God is a God of order. God is a God who has very specific plans and spe specific things that he does to bring about his plan and to bring about his will. But if you also know God, you also recognize that he has a process 
by which he does things. And a lot of times, God will repeat the process, and if you are vigilant enough, you will be able to see it and understand it and then apply it to your own life, okay? So let's just take motherhood, for example, all right? One of the things that I cannot, I can't understand for the life of me, right? Like, you are God, all right? You have the ability to snap your fingers like Thanos and anything can happen. Like anything can magically appear out of anything, right? But I cannot understand for the life of me why God chose for motherhood to look the way it looks, okay? Now, all of us, I'm pretty sure all of us like are in middle school, high school, any elementary schoolers here? Okay, good. So basically, we've all gone through FLE. Okay, we've all gone through family life education. They give you a little bit of the talk, okay? The birds and bees, like how it all happens, right? They talk to you about that process. Like how did you come about? When you're ready and God wants to bless you with your own children, how do you do that, right? But some of y'all are cheesing hard and just getting nice and red, but it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's a process, okay? And it's a beautiful process. But nonetheless, it's something that God has established to bring about the beautiful thing that he wants in the end, which is us, okay? So what does that look like? That means that for a woman, right, in order for you to eventually one day have children, like this is true, you have to bleed every month for 40 years of your life. Like, guys, you can't even, like, you don't understand. And I don't even, like, y'all don't even need to begin to understand what that looks like. But you have to menstruate every month, roughly, for 40 years of your life. Now, mind you, mind you, with modern medicine, they've been able to curtail that, and there's a lot of different things that you can do to avoid that. But let's just, for the sake of today's word, understand that the way that God established it, the way that God created and set up the process of motherhood, you literally had to bleed as a woman for 480 months. That's 40 years times 12 months, okay? 480 months of your life, you're just menstruating, okay? And then that's not even it. God is not like, okay, like do that, like suffer through that, and then you can have the baby. No, okay? There is literally like an ovulation cycle that the woman's body goes through, right? I read somewhere that like men, like you guys wake up like every day and like your hormone cycles are renewed. So like, you know, new testosterone levels, like you wake up and you're ready to go, like all of that is ready to go, right? Not for women. We have like a 25 to 30 day cycle where our hormones are going through it because our body is constantly trying to figure out whether or not we're ready to give birth to a child. And so it releases hormones. We go through the process of ovulation. An egg is released. It's waiting to be fertilized. Nothing happens. And so it goes through the process then of have like shedding the uterus walls and, and bleeding every month for 40 years. What a process. And then after that, there's more to it. Because before you can actually have a child, you then have to meet the love of your life, okay? And you have to make love, okay? 
And then, that, and, even then, and then that's not even it. That's not even it. Like understand what your mothers have gone through because that's not even it. After that, the baby is fertilized in your, or in your womb, I guess. And then for nine months, nine months, the woman is caring for the baby as it is growing in her stomach. Okay, nine months. And like, I don't know if you guys have seen those like before and after pictures and videos, like what pregnancy does to a woman, to her body, to her hormones, to everything. Nine months of that, okay? And then are we done? No. After nine months, we are still not done. What happens after nine months? Then you go into labor. Oh my goodness, as a woman, you then go into labor. And the labor process is where the curse of mankind is seen, right? We see that in the, in, in the beginning of time when God created Adam and Eve and, and they fell from grace and um, God cursed Adam and Eve. The curse that he gave to Adam, the man, was that you're going to have to work every day for the rest of your life just to eat, okay? That's your burden. That's your hustle. We had the garden. You didn't have to do anything, but now you have to work. But for the woman, the curse on Eve was that her pain during childbirth, during childbearing, was going to now be increased. So after we don't been through the 40 years of bleeding, after we're dealing with having to carry a child for nine months, now when we're ready to deliver the child, we are in the most excruciating pain we have ever experienced in our lives. The process, okay? After all the nine months, you deliver the child. And even then, guys, there are complications upon complications that can happen. It's not like the baby is just like, woo, and just like slides right out. You have to push the baby out with everything inside of you. And y'all, not to get too graphic, but sometimes the baby is so big and the, the hole is not big enough that it literally tears, it literally tears, forces the baby out, okay? The baby sometimes can't come out that way, so they have to cut your stomach. They have to make an incision in your flesh to be able to remove the baby. And then once the baby is out, they cut the umbilical cord. I don't want to scare anybody into having kids because the reality is women do this, your moms have done this, and for those of you who have siblings, she went through it one time and then she went and she did it again. Why? Because of that blessing and that glory that comes at the end of that process, okay? Now, I want you guys to understand that as, as, as many times as I get frustrated with God about what the process often looks like and how complicated it is, I also recognize and I understand God being so holy and being so perfect. He didn't even exempt himself from that. Remember when he created the world and he had literally a six day process before he rested on the seventh day? Same thing. God could have snapped his fingers like Thanos and then boom, we're all here. All the infrastructure, all the technology, everything is here. But no, God himself even put himself through a process where he took his time, crafted, carved, and created the beauty that you see all around you. So God did it. He's established that process in the very thing that brings us life. 
And so I wonder sometimes as young believers why we get so discouraged when we see and we recognize that God is quite literally putting us through a process, right? That's, that's all our life is. It's a process. It's God duplicating and replicating and recreating the same processes that he himself used to create the world and that he himself has demonstrated through scripture and now using it to be manifested in our own lives, the process. But we get so frustrated on the day-to-day -day things of our lives. We don't understand why things look the way they do. We don't understand why things sound the way they do. We don't understand why we have to go to school. We don't understand why we have to listen to our parents. We don't understand all these things, right? And a lot of times it's because in our mind, we have a vision, we have a plan, we have like where we ultimately wanna be, right? We're all young, so some of us want to be a lawyer or a doctor. We can't wait till we get our own apartment. We can't wait till we get married. We can't wait to, like we all have those things that we're looking forward to in our adult life or in the future. And instead of God just taking us there, taking us to our dream destination, where we wanna be and who we wanna be, we find ourselves where we are today which is very different and very vast from wherever it is we wanna be. And so sometimes that can be very frustrating because it also appears as though sometimes as we're living our lives, as we're going through the day-to-day -day sort of things that God has for us, right? It get, we're set with challenges, right? We see obstacles. We see things that are presented in our way that we don't understand. We feel like, ah, like, if I'm supposed to just get an A, why am I having to struggle in this class so much? If I'm supposed to be friends with this group of girls, why is there so much drama? If I'm supposed to be, you know, obedient to my parents, why are they so, like, why do they always provoke me to anger? Why? Like, like, like what is all of this, God? Like, if you have a promise for me, if you said this is where I'm going to be, if you know my heart and you know that this is where I want to be, why would you not just take me there? Why can't I just get to my destination? Why can't I just have all the things that I want? Why do I have to go through this process, right? And for some of us, when life gets really difficult and it gets really challenging, we ask ourselves that same question, we just phrase it differently. So instead of saying, God, why are you putting me through this process? We say, God, why am I even alive? And we, we have that very heavy, sort of daunting mentality about how challenging or how difficult our life is, right? And I don't, I don't ever want to dismiss or try to undermine the challenges that you all face in your life as young people, right? I know our parents like to be like, oh, you have no idea what I went through in Ghana or you have no idea what life was like back in the day. You have it so good, you have it so easy. But, but I, don't, I don't wanna be the one to dismiss that for you. I wanna be the one to validate for you that yes, it is challenging, this process called life. This thing that we are all fighting through every single day, right? Especially when we are faced with all of the things that the world and pop culture tries to throw at us, showing us a standard that exists that, oh, this is what a good life looks like. 
This is what a beautiful girl looks like. This is what a cool guy looks like. This is the standard and you find yourself falling short. So then again, you're asking yourself then, then why, what's the point? If I don't have it good, if I don't have what I want, then what's the point of me being here? What's, what's the point of me doing all of this? But I'm here today, guys, on Mother's Day, to encourage you guys to simply trust the process, right? Oh, you guys are gonna say amen. amen. Are you guys asleep? Are you guys asleep? Are you guys, are you guys hearing what I'm saying? Amen. To trust the process and to trust your God through the process. For the sake of time, I'm not gonna have us read the book of 1 Samuel, but David, King David, is a phenomenal example. Mind you, there are so many Old Testament and New Testament characters that explain, I think their life depicts so much the importance of this process that God has in our lives. But let's use King David for an example, okay? David was a little shepherd boy, cute little boy, tending to the flock, okay? And all of a sudden, he gets word, his family gets word from a prophet, Prophet Samuel, that he will one day rule over Israel and be king, okay? This little shepherd boy. And during this time, it's about 997 years before Christ is actually on earth. But during this time, we see that there is a king. God had appointed Saul to be king. And Saul was a little bit disobedient. They're in the middle of this like fierce battle and, and these contentions with the Philistines. God is giving Saul very specific instructions on how to move, how to go about this. And Saul has not been obedient. And so the Bible says that it gets to a point where, where Saul is so tormented as a king, God is punishing him in a lot of different ways. And so his advisor suggests that maybe they bring in a musician to try to kind of like relieve him. And what do they do? They bring in David. And that's how Saul and David meet and interact. Saul is impressed with David so much, brings him into his palace. David ends up meeting Saul's son, Jonathan. They become really close friends. And all of a sudden, people are recognizing David to be more than just this shepherd boy musician, right? He's already gone through and defeated Goliath. So his name is really popular. He's a really big figure at this time. And Saul starts to get a little bit of an evil eye. He gets a little bit jealous. People are saying, oh, Saul has killed thousands, but here's David, he's killed tens of thousands. And mind you, Saul is king, and there's somebody else getting all the glory. So what does Saul do? He completely and totally commits his life to killing David. And there are so many different things that Saul tries to set in place to take the life of David, to the point where David is literally on the run for his life for years. The Bible isn't clear how many years, but I know that it was over eight years, okay? But mind you, David has already been told by a prophet of God that he will rule as the king of Israel, okay? That is the promise that David has is, is, is been given, right? But David is going through a process in his life where he's literally running and fleeing for his life because he has the most powerful person in the kingdom wanting his life, okay? How, how scary that is, I can't even begin to put into words. But also how discouraging it is 
to know that God has said something about your life. God has promised you something about your life. And right now, where you find yourself into, it doesn't align with it. To the point where you start to even wonder, like, did, did, I, did I hear it wrong? Like, I'm supposed to be the king and the king is after my life. The king who has all these resources and can be able to take my life just like that. Like, am I supposed to believe that? But the Bible says that David kept fleeing. And at every point in time where Saul thought he had David, David was able to escape. Why? Because even though David was going through a process, right? God still kept him and God still protected him because irrespective of whatever God's hand was doing, David trusted in God. He trusted in the heart of God. That's why the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. He trusted God's heart and then he trusted God's character and believed in the word that God had spoken over his life. I wonder if we do that, guys. Like, I, 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 I do. Like, I, I'm not sure if, if we do that. Like, if we've just kind of given up on the promises that God has for us, whatever it is for you, because it's different for everybody. And just because you're young doesn't mean that you don't have that sort of promise or whatever it is that God has for you. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that, right? It could be something as simple as graduating with a 4.0 GPA. It could be something as simple as getting into your dream college. Whatever that promise is, right? For whatever reason, you find yourself in the current not really aligning with that. For some of us that are older, it could be that God has promised us marriage or God has promised us our dream job or God has promised us our dream car. Like, it, it could be whatever it is. But again, our current circumstances don't match up with that. But I am here to remind you guys that it is simply part of the process. And you know, like, if God were to just hand us everything that we wanted without us having to do anything, we wouldn't appreciate it. We wouldn't value it. We wouldn't cherish it. That is why God promised Abraham to multiply his descendants, right? And then obviously Israelites, all the uh, Israel fell from grace. And then he promised them a promised land. And even, even in that point in time where God had given that promise to Abraham, he had given that promise to Moses, they didn't live to see that fulfillment come to pass right like that process for God was so long that some people who had heard it didn't even get to live to see it okay some of the promises that God has given to you is not just for you guys like you're young but I need you to be a little bit smart I need you to understand that some of these promises some of these declarations some of these plans that God has for your life it's not just for you right you are here for a reason. And there are literally generational things that God is using you to shift and turn around, right? I tell my siblings this all the time. Like, we are the generation that is breaking so many curses in our family. Like, we are the generation that these things stop with, right? 
how our parents raised us, how our parents thought, how they deal with spirituality, how they deal with Christianity. We are the generation that is changing that. And so on a day-to-day -day level, God has these promises for you. But on a global scale, a much bigger scale that you guys can't even begin to understand, there are promises and there are things that God has placed in you that is meant to shift generations, right? And so it's incumbent, it's imperative on you to be obedient. And not just obedient, but for you to trust more than anything in the process that God has for your life right now. And let me tell you something about the process because we just talked about it here with King David. It's not pretty, it's not cute. If you are here and you are waiting for God to give you the perfect life, a smooth sailing life, no issues, no problems, no drama with your family, no drama with friends, no drama at school, then I'm telling you, you're living in the wrong life. This, this ain't the one. As a believer, this ain't the one, right? Because part of God's process is making it so that it's painstaking, painstaking. But I don't know anybody in scripture, I don't know any man or woman that's ever walked the earth that ever had a simple process or a process that wasn't painstaking, right? Painstaking in the sense that it's difficult, it's painful, it's challenging, it's hard. Like at times you want to give up because you don't understand. You don't, you don't understand. It's difficult, right? But guys, trust the process. Because at the end of the process, there's always a blessing, right? And it's not just the blessing that God wants to give you. God wants to give you the character and the ability to handle that blessing. A lot of you guys don't know yourself, okay? God sees the end from the beginning. So God knows you more than you know yourself. And so you're here today and you're like, God, I want a Lamborghini, or God, I want my dream job, or God, I want this. And if God handed it to you in the current character, the current person that you are today, you would misuse it, you would abuse it, and you would destroy it. The very thing that you asked for, you would find a way to destroy it, right? It's like when my nieces and nephews were very little, very young, very little, okay? If any of them picked up something that was dangerous to them or something that could potentially hurt them or something that they could destroy, what did I do? I would snatch it out of their hands. Because I know that as a child, I know that in your current state, in your current mindset, you don't have the capacity to understand what this thing is. And for that reason, you are going to misuse it. You might damage it or it might even hurt you. And so the thing that you want, the life that you want, the things that you've been praying for, right? God may not be handing it over to you because in your current mindset, where you are right now, you won't be able to handle it. That's why he puts us through a process, right? That's why before King David was hailed as King David, he went through the trials and the tribulations that he went through to the point where he's known as one of the greatest kings to ever live. That's why when God created the earth, he set and established this entire process for himself and detailed it for us in the beginning of scripture so that we understand that even God doesn't take shortcuts for himself. That's why when we were in the garden and we fell from mankind and we literally turned our backs from God, God had given us a promise. 
as soon as we fell from grace, his mercy activated and he gave us the promise and let us know that there would be a Messiah that would come and save us. But God, if we sinned against you and you know you're going to forgive us, why, why don't you just forgive us? Why don't you just say, I forgive you and be done with it? Why, why, why do you have to go through years and decades and, and this entire timeline before you even bring about the life of Jesus Christ? And then when you bring the life of Jesus Christ, it's not like Jesus is here and he dies on the cross. You put Jesus Christ on the earth as a baby. He grows. He goes through all these ministries. And then he dies on the cross in the heinous way that he did. God, why did you do that? Right? But you have to ask yourself, if God could do that for himself, and God could do that for even Christ, why would we, why would we be exempt from that process? Why would we be exempt from the very painstaking, detail-oriented steps that God has set in place for us before we can actually take the things that he has for us? It's because he doesn't want us to abuse and misuse it. Before we even got the Ten Commandments, did God just hand it to Moses? This is not a rhetorical question. Did God just hand the Ten Commandments to Moses? No. He took him through a quest with the Israelites. And then while the Israelites were worshiping their pagan gods and being disobedient, he took Moses away from them and made him climb a mountain before he could get the Ten Commandments. Why does God do that? Again, we are talking about God here. We're talking about the kind of God who can snap his finger. God is more powerful than Thanos. Y'all remember Thanos? Like, Thanos was powerful, but God is more powerful than that. So how come Thanos can snap his fingers and things appear, but, but God didn't want to do it that way? There's a reason, guys. And I don't want you to ever forget it. I don't ever want you to neglect that. God is intentional about what he's doing. God is intentional about who you are and exactly where you are in your life right now. God is intentional about who your parents are. God is intentional about every circumstance in your life, from the good to the bad. You don't understand it. You don't understand why. But God is intentional about it. Now, God doesn't necessarily cause it, right? I'm not saying that God is the one who's like, okay, I'm going to cause war. I'm going to cause death. I'm going to cause all these heinous things to kind of shake things up and make life very difficult and challenging for my kids. No, God doesn't cause it. Let's not forget we caused that. We, we did that to ourselves when we sin, right? We are very much responsible. We have to be accountable for our own sin. We do that to ourselves, which is why I, I really like hate when atheists are like, oh, well, if God is good, if God is love, like why does he allow these things to happen? Well, the same way that God allows these things to happen, he allowed you and your counterparts, men and women who decided to sin because that was the free will that he'd given to mankind. That is an instinctive part of God's own process. And so God, even knowing that, says that he will use that. He will use all of those things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Isn't that something? That, that, that we could be in a space where we have created our own mess. We have sinned. We have wronged God. We have turned ourselves against God. And yet still, God says, you know what? I'm going to put them through a process 
so that during this process, not only am I bringing them back to me, but I'm preparing them for the very thing that I want to use to bless them. Guys, that's the God that we serve. It's not a God who wants to just intentionally make your life difficult or make things difficult for you or challenging for you. That's, that's, that's not it, and that's not the point. It's not like God is bored, and so he wants to just, you know, just, just look down on us and, and have things look the way it looks, just because it's entertaining to him. No. It's because God understands what comes out of that. God understands what comes out of those challenges. He understands what comes out of those processes. Right? Nobody wakes up and is a doctor. You can't just wake up and say, oh, I have my certification, I'm a doctor. You have to go to school. There's a process for these things, right? And why? Why is it important and imperative for you to go to school? Because you have to learn certain things. Because you have to know certain things. Because when you are faced with the true test and the true trial of treating somebody, you have to be able to go back and reference the experiences that you had through the form of your education to be able to give you the tools and the ability to handle that, right? Same thing with our lives, guys. No matter who you are and no matter where you are, there is a process for your life. And that process is very intentional. It's the very process that brought you here into this world. Think about it. The same process that brought you into this world, God is not going to make you exempt from. You are going to have to go through those years, whatever it looks like for you. Through right now, most of you guys are in school. You're living with your parents. I'll be for real. I remember what that was like for me. Those of us who are in white, we remember what it's, especially African parents, living with African parents, going to school in America, in the 21st century. I don't care what they try to tell you. It's not easy. It is not easy. But I want you to trust the process. Because through that, if you, can stay, if you can stay in remembrance of God's promise over your life and what ultimately he wants to do with you through all of these processes that you find yourself in, best believe that at the end of it, when you are married or when you are at your dream school or when you have whatever it is that you've prayed, God, prayed to God for that God has promised you, when you are there, guys, you will look back and you will actually appreciate the process. You're not gonna look back and be like, okay God, like, I didn't have to go through all that, like, you didn't, this didn't need to happen, no. Like, the process was very much the thing that brought you to where you are today, literally. So I want you guys to be encouraged, and I want you guys to keep that in mind. And I want you guys to be able, just like David did, I want you to be able to trust God's heart and trust God's character even when you cannot understand what he's doing with his hand. Even when you don't understand what's going on in your life. Even when you don't like what's going on in your life. I want you to be able to trust the process because the process is what? It's inevitable. It doesn't mean that God hates you. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. Look, Vida's not here, but Vida knows for the last Several weeks, the last several weeks, I've had this contention in my heart about where I work. And so I've said for a long time, the girls in the Bible studies, we talked about this. This was my testimony. I said for a long time, like, I think I want a new job. I think I want to work somewhere else. Like, 
I think, I think it's time. I think it's time for me, right? So what did God do? He set me through this, this conquest, this, this process now, where I'm now applying for jobs. And you know, this time around, I was feeling very bold, very audacious. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to ask for like a $5,000 raise or like a $10,000 raise. I'm like, you know what? I, I know who I am. I know what I carry and I know what I work. So I set my sights really, 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 really high, like salary-wise, like really high, basically like delusional, right? Like I told my supervisor, and she was like, "Like good, like good luck finding this, because it's it's really hard to find a job that will let you do what you're doing now, like the specific area of law that I'm doing now, that will pay me as much as I'm asking for. I cannot stand here and lie to you. Literally delusion." Like, I'm crazy for asking for this. But all I knew was that I wanted something different. I, I just, I wanted something different, and I wanted to be compensated much more highly. And that's what I did. I just, I took that prayer, and I submitted it to the Lord. And so God put me through this process, and I'm applying to these jobs, and I'm having these interviews, and I'm meeting with people. And Vida would tell you, because I've given her the updates as they come along. At some points, I get extremely discouraged because you have an employer that's like, well, you're great, you're awesome, we love you, we wanna bring you on, but we can't pay you what you're asking for. I said, dang. And I heard that enough times that I began to ask myself, like, dang, am I, am I really not worth what I'm asking for? Like, maybe I'm not. But also, God, like, do you not love me? Hello, Lord, do you not love me? I am your servant. I have served you. I have loved you. I am obedient to you. And I'm trying to get a job. I'm trying. I just, I want something different. I want to get out of this. And it's like, where are you? Like, I'm applying to places. I'm getting rejected. The places that do want me don't want to pay me how much I'm asking for. And I'm like, you know, I might as well just stay where I'm at right now. Because although it's not the best, it's really not that bad. And I nearly gave up on the process. And then one day I got a phone call. I got a phone call from a big law firm in DC, massive firm in DC. Like, hey, we wanna to talk to you. I'm like, okay, cool, like, that's great. So I do my thing, you know, I, I, I get, look the part, you know, put on my Michelle Obama suit, like, you know, put on my poise and my smile. We do the Zoom interview and instantly there's a connection. She's like, oh my God, I think you're what we're looking for. Now, I've filled out an application and in the application, I was very clear about how much I'm asking for salary-wise. Still very much in this delusional state, okay? Asking for way too much, but whatever. Asking for it anyways, because I can. And I believe that my God will do it for me. And so we have this like Zoom interview, and it goes really well. She's like, oh my God, I think you're what, you, you're what we're looking for. We really like, this could be great, this could be awesome. She's like, come in next Tuesday. We wanna give you a tour of the office I was like, okay, like that's a good sign. If your employer wants to give you a tour, that's a good sign. So I want to give you a tour of the office and I want you to meet the attorneys. So I'm like, cool. Mind you, I still have a job. So I'm like, <coughs> I think I'm feeling sick today. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna stay home. I'm gonna, you know. Meanwhile, I'm on my way to D.C. to go meet with these attorneys. And I go there, and oh my God, like, like it's like God took the image of my heart and placed it right in front of me. I mean, state-of-the-art office, 
incredibly beautiful, modern, everything that I could ever ask for, everything that I have now, like times two, or times 10 rather, and I go in there. At this point, I'm not really nervous because for some reason, I have this thing in the back of my mind or in my spirit that's like, this is yours, right? I have, I've waited, I've been patient, and something is like, this is yours. So I go in, I meet with the attorneys, everything is amazing, I meet with the staff, Everyone loves me, everything is great, and I'm just prepared, honestly, I'm prepared for them to offer me this position, but to not offer it to me for the amount that I'm asking for. But you know what, I'm like, you know what, I need to humble myself. I'm like, Lord, thank you so much. This is exactly what I was looking for, down to the practice area. I work in a specific area of law called ERISA. It stands for the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. It was passed in 1974. It's so random and so like one-off. It's very rare that you'll find a firm that will even do that. But this is a firm that offers that. And they're like, we want you to work here. We want you to work specifically in this. So automatically it's a great fit. But I'm like, again, too good to be true. I'm the new girl in town. There's no way they're gonna pay me what I'm asking for. So by the end, of, mind you, this whole time we're talking, we're doing the interview, the, the Zoom interview and the in-person interview, she doesn't talk to me about the salary. She doesn't say anything. So I'm like, she's just saving that bad news for the end. So like, whatever. So after the interview, like again, I know I have the job. She basically tells me, the attorneys love you. Next step is we'll get back to you with an intent to offer letters. So I'm like, hallelujah, I have the job, that's great. But a part of me is still just kind of like, again, I don't really, like I have the job, but it, it's, it's great. I'll take it for whatever they give me, because at this point, this is perfect. I go back home, I wait a couple hours, and I get the phone call. The phone call, congratulations, here's your formal offer letter. And you guys, they tell you not to tell people how much you make, so I can't tell you. But let me, let me tell you, because this is really a testimony. All of the places that I interviewed for, I was like, look, you're asking for too much. All of the places that turned me down, I found this employer that's doing exactly what I'm wanting it to do, like exactly the practice area. Not only are they meeting me at my salary ask, they're giving me $5,000 more than what I asked for. Like, again, the delusional, like, delus like the delusional number that I threw out there. The delusional, and I, I just, I'm like, I'm, I'm shook and I'm shocked. But you know what I attested to? That testimony is attested to the process that God put me through. That process of him promising me that this is what he was going to give me. And that I didn't need to give up. And that I needed to stay, stay true and stay firm to that. Because in the end, it was going to prepare me for exactly what that is. Now, this, in a lot of different ways, I would consider my dream job. This thing, I would consider my dream job. Why haven't I been working at it for the last six or seven years? It's because even in the last six or seven years that I've been at this prior firm, God was taking me through a process. I would not be prepared to take on this job, to take on this salary, these responsibilities, if I didn't go through the past six years of work that I did with this prior law firm. The process. God could have given me this job that I'm at, like that I love right now. That the amount that I'm asked, God, God could have given me that as soon as I was done with school. God could have given that to me. It's what I wanted. It's my dream job. Why didn't He? Because I wasn't ready for it. Because if He handed it to me, I would have abused it. I would have misused it. I had a different mind. I thought differently. I acted differently. I wasn't prepared for it. 
So what God did instead is he walked me through the process. And, 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 and the process wasn't just me sitting there twiddling my thumbs. The process was a beautiful life and a beautiful journey and a beautiful experience at this other law firm that I will appreciate and I will love very much. So as you're walking through this process, as God is, is, is helping you to become this person, helping you to get to whatever it is that you want in your life, as this is happening, enjoy it, guys. Enjoy it, embrace it. Embrace the highs, embrace the lows. Become very close with God, become one with the Lord. So that when you have your down moments, when you have your failures, when you feel like weeping, when you feel like crying, God is close to you. And that when you have your victories, when you get the offer, God is also close to you and you're celebrating with him. Surround yourself with kingdom-minded people. Guys, like I cannot stress this enough to you. Some of your friends are no good for you. Like some of the people that you hang around when you go to, they're no good for you. They're not kingdom-minded. They're not putting you in a mindset where you can even know what to want from the Lord. You just, you just kind of settle for what's around you. You kind of just stay like boxed into the mundane. You're limiting yourself and you're restricting yourself. Part of the reason why I was delusional and asked for the amount I asked for is the people around me. It's the people around me. They told me, look, just ask, like, why, why not? Just ask for it. You are worth it. Your value is of whatever it is that you're asking for. But if I were to rely on my own strength and what I thought about myself, I would have kept myself really low. So you have to surround yourself with kingdom-minded people, people who will push you, people who will encourage you, people who will tell you things about yourself and remind you about things about yourself that you can't even see about yourself. Trust the process, but even more importantly, trust the God who placed you exactly where you are and has set this process out for you. I promise you it's not gonna be in vain. I promise you it's not gonna be for nothing. I promise you that when you get your testimony, when you get the very thing that God has promised for you, whatever it is, that you will look back and you will appreciate the process. Dare to, to want something bigger than yourself. Dare God to give you something so powerful, so big, so glorious. Don't settle for little things. Know that you are capable of receiving those things. And then trust God to take you through a process in which he will give it to you. Amen? Amen. How many of you guys have been blessed? Oh, you guys. Oh, oh, oh.